Welcome to Whatcom New Life Assembly's Sermon of the Week, where, as always, it's all good news. For more info on how to get involved in our church or to partner with our ministry, please visit us at whatcomnewlifeassembly.org. We started last week with a foundation check, and I'm telling you, this is 101 stuff here. We're going into Christianity 101. This is stuff that a five-year-old can understand, but an 85-year-old still has problems with. And, uh, and so we, we're looking at we're looking at foundation check here at the start of the year. And to help us get you know, kind of into that grade school mentality, I have to share my, my, uh, my quick little joke. Hopefully you'll appreciate it. <laughs> if not, laugh anyway. It'll help me. It'll anoint the rest of the message. Um, so there were these two old couples. They'd, one couple had been married for 50 years, and the other couple had been married for 49 years. That's awesome. Uh, they had gotten together at one of their houses for the evening and just to have a, a, a dinner together and enjoy each other's company. Then the wives left and went into the other room, leaving the husbands behind just sitting in there. And, and the one gentleman who'd only been married for 49 years spoke up to his friend and he said, he said, Ralph, listen, my 50th wedding anniversary is coming up and I just don't even, I don't know where to take my wife. I don't know what to do for her. I know 50 is a big deal. He said, Ralph, where did you take your wife on your 50th anniversary? And Ralph thought about it and he kind of scratched his head a little bit. He's like, man, I'm having troubles remembering here. For He's like, what is the name of that flower that you know, you, you, uh, you like to give people. And, and the gentleman said, tulips? Ralph said, no, no, not tulips. You know, the name of the flower that you give people on Valentine's Day, it's red and it's got thorns. And his friend said, oh, that's a rose. And Ralph said, of course, that's right. Hey, Rose, where did I take you for our wedding? <laughs> there you go. Thank you, that one was for free. Now, you just kind of settle down, grade school mentality here, and let's jump into it and let the Lord speak to us, because praise the Lord, we have the Word of God, and not just Andy's jokes. All right. Thank you, Zeb, for that encouragement. All right. Last week, we know Jesus is our chief cornerstone. He is our capstone. We build our lives on nothing else. Amen? That's the only name we can be saved. We will repeat that over and over and over. When Jesus was on earth, uh, he was not well-liked by the Pharisees and Sadducees and the leaders of the day because of the message he brought. He was the Son of God. He, he was teaching them a new way. Um, and, and so the Pharisees and Sadducees, they wanted to trap Jesus. They wanted to catch him and trip him up so they could prove he wasn't the Messiah and they prove he was just some con artist. And they asked him this question. Now, before I give you the question they asked him, uh, you have to understand, in the Jewish law, there are, there are like 613 laws to obey, to be perfect. 630, and that's kind of a loose number, but 613 is a pretty good, good count. And they asked Jesus in front of everybody to trip him up. They said, Jesus, what is the most important law that we should follow? No, we've all confessed that Jesus is our chief cornerstone, right? Right? Okay, he's our capstone. We, we will follow him. How many know that his answer to this question is probably a very important thing to pay attention to? Okay? So that was the question, and Jesus' answer was very simple. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says this, all of the law and all of the prophets can be summed up by these two. 
everything in the entire, I mean, we got, I love the books of prophecy. We love the Old Testament. But it's all summed up by this simple thing. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And you're like, that's just, this is all we're going to get today? We're getting, now, Billy, be nice to your sister. Right? I, Emma, you need to share that brand new toy that you got with your cousin Sophie. Right? Well, of course, these kids need to learn to love each other, for goodness sakes. You going to share your Christmas present with me? We just think of more clever ways to hide them behind our back. We see, it, 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 it's, it's so foundational, so easy to understand, and yet the Lord wants to work it out in us for the rest of our lives. And if we would commit our lives to loving the Lord our God with all our heart and loving our neighbor as ourselves, everything else will fall in line. I told you this was basic. So what I thought we'd do here today is we're going to bring people up here one at a time. And we're going to have you stand here and we're going to examine every relationship in your life. And we're just going to find out where, how you're loving well because you're all perfect in this. I'm kidding. Um, that'd be a good way to have nobody in service next week. <laughs> we're going to jump into, uh, uh, there's a lot of places where the Bible talks about love. It's almost like it's really important for us. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, read it. It's amazing. It defines love, and it talks about all these amazing things. But the one that I want to focus on here with the brief time I have left is John 15. I'm going to start in verse 9. It says this, and this is Jesus talking to us. So you said he's your chief cornerstone. Listen up. We're letting him inspect our foundations today. He says this, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Live within my love. When you obey me, you are living in my love just as I obey my Father and I live in his love. I have told you this so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your cup of joy will overflow. Okay, I'm going to press pause there. This seems so simple. Yet if you walked in here today and you have no joy, maybe your answer is just as simple. Maybe you're still figuratively doing this and backing away from people. Maybe it's that simple. He says, I'm telling you this. Love me. Obey me. Even as I have lo the Father has loved me and I have loved the Father, I love you. Love. Walk in my love. I am telling you this so that your joy will bubble over. You see, we think the new toy and doing this is the way I get to have more joy. That was close. But he's saying this is the way to have more joy. Come play with me. I got a brand new pony set. Now get this in verse 12. And this, this one messed me up. I, this is Jesus talking. Okay, this isn't hippy-dippy, bunny-sniffing Jesus. This is the real Jesus. He says this in verse 12. I demand that you love each other as much as I love you. I suggest, you know, give it your best go. You're going to fail at it, but just give it a try. He's saying, I demand that you love each other just as much as I loved you. <laughs> That's a, What? And here's how to measure it. 
The greatest love is shown when a person lays down his life for his friends. And you are my friends if you obey me. I no longer call you slaves, for a master doesn't confide in slaves. A master doesn't confide in slaves. I told you that story during communion about this morning when I'm just on my face. I'm like, oh God, oh you are holy, you are righteous, and that's a beautiful thing. But in that moment, I'm not being confided in because I'm coming as a slave. He wants me to get the revelation that the blood of Jesus has so made me the righteousness of God that I can stand up and get his confidence. He is confident in me. It'll blow your mind. If I understand how much he loves me, now I can turn and, hey, you know what? Daniel's not perfect, but I'm going to extend him that grace too, and I'm going to love him as Christ has loved me. I haven't been perfect. Daniel hasn't been perfect. But you know what? I, for the love of God, get to pour out my love, pour out his love. Not conditionally, not second-guessing motives, not trying to guess at what his heart is doing. Without condition, i got to hurry up. Now you are my friends, provided the fact that I have told you everything the Father told me. Now here we go, verse 16. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lovely fruit always. Sometimes. No, 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 always. One thing you're going to hear me say over and over if you attend Welcome New Life or any period of time, love is a choice. If you get one thing from today, understand. He's telling you, I demand that you love each other. He's not demanding that I always feel like a skippy-dippy schoolgirl around you. Oh, it's so fun to be with you. He's demanding that we love. Love is not an emotion. Love is a choice. When I don't feel like it, I choose to love. This goes for my marriage. This goes for my relationships with the people at work. This goes for my relationship with my kids, with the people I don't really feel like I like at all, with the people I despise. I'm called to love them, but I don't even like them. I'm not saying you got to like them so much, but you got to love them. I tell everybody in premarital counseling that you choose to love your spouse for the rest of your life. That means you're, you're going to wake up some days and be like, I never do, honey, but personally. <laughs> I've heard other people have that experience from time to time. But my love isn't based on my motion of the moment. My love is based on I made a covenant with this woman. And no matter what I feel in the moment, I will choose to be loving. I will choose to get up and live my life in love towards my spouse for the rest of my life. And I am called to do the same for everybody else. I am demanded to love by Christ because I'm telling you, the world's love is conditional and they're looking for, okay, well, because my love, most of our love acts are done out of a source of manipulation and a desire to get something back. That's not the love of Christ. That's human love. That is conditional love. That is manipulative love. And you know what? That's the easiest love to walk in. But the problem with that love is when I don't feel like it anymore, I don't do it anymore. Christ's love has greater love than you would lay down your life. My pony set, you can play with it. Simple as that, yet profound. I lay down my life. My life is my pony set when I'm five years old. But greater love has no man than this. I lay it down for your sake. Yeah, but that person treated me wrong. That person said this. You're guessing at their motives. Did you know you don't have the right to guess at anyone's motives, even if you think you're 100% sure? 
Jeremiah 17.9 says this, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Have you ever said something or done something and immediately like, why did I do that? Why did I say that? I'm such an idiot. Why do I keep going back and doing the same thing? If you can't even understand your own heart all the time, we turn around and we look at somebody else and we're like, yeah, I know why you did that. You're a jerk. Maybe their heart is even more hard to understand than your own. Perhaps it is not your job to judge anyone else's heart, but to love them no matter what. Without a condition. That's that's Christ-like love. I have to finish this. It says this. You didn't choose me. I joined you. Lovely fruit. Using my name. Oh, here we go. No matter what you ask for from the Father, using my name, and he will give it to you. I want to read that again. I chose you to, appointed you to go and produce lovely fruit always, so that no matter what you ask for the fa- in the, from the Father using my name, he will do it to you. Do you realize your walking in love amplifies your prayer life? <laughs> That's just an aside. Take that and hang it up. It's good. And then he finishes where, right here in verse 17 and 18. I demand you love each other, for you get enough hate from the world. And yet in 2019, we got Christians, hating Christians, judging Christians, assuming each other's motives, throwing each other under the bus, because I want my brick on top, and I want, I want to make sure that they're not... How dare we assume each other's motives? Do you realize that the world is going to give us enough hate? If there's somebody who's a brother or sister in Christ, and they've confessed Jesus, you have no reason to give them any grief but they gave me grief you've just missed the point again she didn't share her toy with me are you a christian or aren't you she may not share her toy with you but guess what here's my toy to play with too but that's that's laying down my life now we're getting somewhere it's not a win-win it's a i'm, I'm willing to lose Why not rather be wrong than assume somebody's motives and then slander them under the bus and throw their name asunder at all day? Do you know who you're partnering with when you do that kind of stuff? There is one person who's named the accuser, and that is the devil, the accuser of the brethren. So when I get down on my hands and knees, I'm like, Lord, you know what Dale did. I mean, do I need to tell you? You saw him? What spirit am I partnering with? I know why he did it too. Would you just nail him? Nail him to the cross. I mean, just nail him in your gentle way. I'm assuming I know Dale's heart. I'm assuming I know why he did it. And now I'm accusing him before the Father. Do you realize we are called and demanded to love one another? We get enough hate from the world. Do you realize the scripture says that in the last days, which I believe we're living in, the love of most will grow cold? Do you want to be part of the most? What will be a rarity is somebody who doesn't love conditionally, who loves 
unconditionally, lays down their life, and is wronged over and over, but still says, I love you, and I'm going to assume the best of you. I'm going to forgive you over and over, 70 times, 70 times, 70. And that is what revival is poured into. That is where the Holy Spirit, oh, how good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? You want to see miracles, signs, and wonders, and power of God? Dwell together in unity and love one another. Because the minute I start slandering my brother in Christ, my sister in Christ, I'm putting a cap on my lid and it pours right off of me. But in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. You want to be an open vessel? Live this way. You can play with my toys. I know you wronged me last time. You can still play. I love you. Please don't do it again, but I love you. Unconditionally. We get enough hate from the world. Let's be a people of love. This is foundational. 1 Corinthians, like I said, is an amazing, amazing pro, uh, cha- uh, chapter in the Bible. talks about love. But it says this, where there are prophecies, there will, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. I love tongues. Shabbat All right? If you're sick, I'm going to lay hands on you. We believe in healing. We love it. We love the Spirit of God. We love prophecy. We're going to, we're going to walk in that, operate in as long as we live, because the day we die, it's unnecessary. You realize that? This is the only time that'll be useful. You're not going to stand at the pearly gates and raise people from the dead. They'll be like, leave me alone. I want to stay here. But I got the gift of, of raising the dead. No, then get out of here. You're not going to stand at the pearly gates and speak in tongues for half an hour and then your sister will will give you the interpretation. It won't happen. These things will be still when Christ returns, when you go to heaven. Because in heaven, there's no need for any of that stuff. The only thing that you will get, the greatest of these is love. These three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest is love. You want to be close to heaven? You want to feel like you're walking in heaven? Love. Love like Jesus. Not this, not this manipulative love, not what you can get out of it. Love unconditionally. Not only will your joy overflow, I know it doesn't make sense, because it feels like my joy overflows if I can start jamming stuff and getting my way, because my way is the best. Trust me. Try living for other people's way. Try living for Christ, laying down your life in love. Your joy will overflow. You will find yourself closer to the kingdom of God than any other way you could live. I've got a video I want to show you guys. Um, and then we'll tie things up. you 
world's love is cheap. Anyone can do it. Jesus said, they'll know you are my disciples by your love. And he wasn't talking about the kind of love that we see on the Hallmark Channel, which is a fine channel. <laughs> He's not talking about the kind of love where I'm manipulating to get what I want. He's talking about the greatest love of all, that I would lay down my life. They're not going to know that you're God's disciple, that you're a follower of Jesus by how many flowers you send them and chocolates you give them and, uh, and accolades. They will know by how much you lay your life down. And that's the love that will transform the world. That's the love that will pave the way for the miracles and signs and wonders you're asking for, for the breakthrough, for the joy for the transformation. It, it starts right there. I know this is basic. I know it's 101. It's love your neighbor as yourself. 
It's enough for my five-year-old to understand, yet for me to continue to get revelation on and anointing to walk in. And so my prayer is that in 2019, Welcome New Life, that your family, that your work, your, your help, everything would be marked by the love of Jesus. I'm laying it all down. I lay it down. I lay it down. Would you stand with me? Father, we open our hearts to you. Let your Holy Spirit speak. Lord, we want our foundations checked. Lord, I pray for forgiveness for those of us in, where we've all strayed, we've all uh, slandered our brothers and sisters. Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus, and now we stand in your presence again. Lord, where we, we have loved people just to get, where we have been manipulative in our love, Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus, and we stand forgiven in your presence. Father, I pray you would pour your Holy Spirit out upon us. Lord, let our lights, as we walk forward, be the proof of who you are in your love, that we wouldn't try to save our lives so much that we would lose it all, but, Father, that we would lose our life for your sake and yet gain eternity. And so, Father, this easy concept, yet complex concept, we trust the blood of Jesus, and we confess that your ways are better than our ways. We repent of our thoughts and our ways that have not lined up, and we receive forgiveness in the name of Jesus. Now mark us by your love. Guide us by your Holy Spirit, and fill us with the joy of the Lord as we walk out of here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Happy 2019. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit us at welcomenewlifeassembly.org.